one of the NFL seasons in the books, and this is the Never Ending Glory podcast. We're here to talk real quick about the Browns and the Patriots' week one performance. Go over our picks real quick from week one. Let us know where we stand and also talk about what's coming up here in week two. We'll go over our picks tonight. My name is Luke Grilly, and as always, I'm here with my main man, Jerry Burris, and our third chair and uh, podcast ombudsman, Sean, old unit. Gentlemen, how are we doing tonight? Esteemed colleague. Esteemed colleague. That's what we got. You were okay, actually uh, referred to as business manager last night, like a, almost like Ari from the Entourage situation. I, I can do that. I can use that many F words too. <laughs> I don't have the suits yet, but that all that can be worked on. I think right. that Ari would not work so well in the situation that we're in nowadays without having Blackberries. Um, he, that whole <laughs> character is based around holding a Blackberry in his hand, and the iPhone just doesn't have the same look or feel to it. And having that whole keyboard, I don't know how that would work right now with that uh, iOS 10 coming out. Well, I do have the the Samsung huge thing because oh, you got yeah, the I note. Got fat, yeah, I got fat fingers, so you know, <laughs> that thing might light my hip on fire. So you get the same type of visceral reaction from me. Yeah, right, maybe maybe we can get you your phone. If we get you like a little stylus or pen, that make might make you look far more official. How about that? And I have an old BlackBerry that I could j- always just react. To. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you count. use a stylus in public, you're a douche canoe 101 right there. I think you're a douche if you use the term douche canoe. Yes, well, okay. cosine. <laughs> well, we're off to a Let's talk round. Stuff. <laughs> All right. So, like I said, this is Never Ending Glory podcast, episode 25. Things are getting crazy. Getting into the mid twenties. You can rent a car <laughs> without paying uh, absorbent amount of insurance. You're absolutely right. Uh, find us on Twitter at Glory Podcast on Facebook, Never Ending Glory Podcast. Email negpodcast at gmail.com. If you send us emails, we will play them on the air or we'll answer them on the air. Got a uh, bunch of emails. We got a bunch of emails we right? read in episode twenty four. Hell yeah! So uh, send us emails. Bro's send us getting a lot of love. Send us questions through email or on Twitter, on Facebook, and if we do talk about them on the air, then you are in the runnings for a T-shirt. And once our business manager gets his shit together and gets us some uh, some funding, we'll print those T-shirts off and send those out. So uh, keep that in mind. <laughs> um, of course, Dynasty Football Warehouse. Thank you very much to them for allowing us to place this podcast on their site, or they should be probably thanking us because of the beautiful content that we offer on a weekly basis. Yeah, we're churning it out for them. <laughs> um, so, gentlemen, let's talk Week 1 Browns real quick. Uh, not a lot to talk about, but I know that after that dismal performance, you guys do have some things to get off your chest. So, Sean, I'll let you have the floor. Well, I enjoyed my, my Sunday morning with a wonderful meat platter, smoked uh, brisket and chicken from Rue Phillips. Uh, he, he laid out the red carpet for us. I just wish the Browns would have done the same. I uh, got to enjoy it with uh, Brother as well as our pops, uh, Rick Cutter, and some of the the uh, ragtag crew along with uh, Scott Phillips, who's, who's an avid listener now to the podcast. So shout out to those gentlemen and obviously Rue Phillips for, for laying down a, a sick meat tray along with other delightful eateries. Rue isn't good at <laughs> many things other than he, lying and making great meats. And analyzing offensive line play. We rewind. <laughs> we may have rewound. That's the big thing. He's, he's got DVR this year. Oh, so wow. he was utilizing it on Cam Irving miss blocks, blown up <laughs> left uh, right guard scenarios, Greco, and Joe Thomas dominating while uh, he was surrounded by a sea full of shit. <laughs> So what, that was, what were that some was of his comments on Austin Pastor? Because I'm sure they weren't good. He he had some of uh, some of the negativity directed at him. My brother's ire is mainly focused on Corey Coleman's inability to catch the ball with his hands, rather <laughs> um, choosing to like to catch it with his body. Uh, and a couple long passes that were completed that when you really rewatch them or even if you watch them the first time, it was throw it up, under throw it a little bit, and have your receiver turn back around. But it was RG3, um, bad RG3, throwing into double coverage. Some some mistakes on Gary Barnish part, particularly early on, and then it just snowballed that any Cleveland Browns fan has seen that epic monstrosity Game after game, year after year, we are now going to be starting a backup quarterback for the 15th straight year. So not a lot more to break down, but Jerry, have at it from your point of view. Well, you really uh, 
touched upon the poo-poo platter that was game one. Uh, a, a great a great depth there. I was in a different situation. Uh, I got home from work and went right to watch it at a restaurant, a bar restaurant with my wife. And uh, we're surrounded by, you know, know-it-alls who thought that that was a contending team up there, was, uh, up there on the screen. I, I don't understand what they were thinking because they were screaming about everything. And you mentioned those deep balls, one to Terrell Pryor, one to Corey Coleman. Both of them were thrown into double or at least triple coverage. Yeah, and I think I think Coleman poorly, was triple coverage. Poorly underthrown by at least ten yards, right? You know. Yeah, and the best part is the announcers say that you, you know that's a design. They they did that on purpose. No. And meanwhile, it, Griffin missed the read by about a second and a half, and didn't even have the, the right read in the first. The place. one he was sprung from the the pocket. He took off around the corner, turned his hips, and just launched it blindly. I think he was trying to overthrow them, you know, for a long incompletion to get you know to save his butt and. He underthrew it by 15 yards. And, you know, God bless Terrell Pryor for coming back and, and being 6'4 and jumping up and making a catch. And Corey Coleman can't catch the ball unless it's thrown 70 feet in the air and he can run under it and hold his arms like a basket. Yeah, um, that's right. They, they, they're a putrid offense. It's not going to get any better. So, you know. You can't fake punt with 10 guys. <laughs> and we don't get the ball to our probably our best weapon is Duke Johnson. And he doesn't play nearly enough. And he certainly doesn't get the ball nearly enough. Barnage is there. He drops a couple balls. We don't even bother going back to him. And naturally, the one time our G3 decides to run, it's in the fourth quarter in a meaningless situation, (laughs) and he breaks his whole upper body. So we are now back with Josh McCown. We actually maybe have a better chance this week. But as we'll get to the picks, I'm not optimistic. 1-15 in is in play. And the dreaded zero and 16 is in play, Luke, really. Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, I'm sorry that you had to go through that yet again and that you continually have to go through this every year. Um, I just think it's it's just it's sad uh, that RG3 doesn't know how to slide and likes to initiate contact with bigger men than him and now has a broken shoulder. Um, but so it goes for the quarterbacks in Cleveland. Now we Four- transition to... <laughs> The, the other end, the other end of the expe- of the spectrum. Uh, Sunday night, Patriots were what nine and a half point dogs. Uh, I, I'm going into the game. We all picked Arizona to win that game, and I thought there was no chance that the Patriots were even going to come close to a victory. Uh, we were wrong. I was wrong. The from the opening snap, the defense was tough on the the Cardinals. The Cardinals just didn't look ready. And I'll tell you what, guys, I loved what I saw from Jimmy Garoppolo as a first-time starter coming from a college system that never huddled and didn't even have a playbook. And now he's leading the Patriots in a very difficult playbook to get a grasp of. He looked like a a seasoned veteran. He made a couple great throws against a very tough defense. I mean, we chose the Cardinals to be one of the representatives in the NFC in the playoffs and potentially in the Super Bowl. Um, And... They got manhandled by a team that was down their starting left tackle, Rob Gronkowski, and obviously starting a backup quarterback who had never played a meaningful snap in the NFL. So, I mean, where do we go from here? You guys looking at 0-16, I'm saying, hey, maybe we're going to go 16-0. You never know. Um, I'll I'll say this. You you have physical defense. Uh, The the Coleman kid, uh, we can't hit a corner. And you guys just pick these guys out of you know second, third, fourth round. That kid's a ball player, and you got a few of them on on defense. You guys were hawking on a really good and game Arizona team. Like they they were ready to play too, at least second quarter and on. Um, so I was immensely impressed with the Pats. It is yeah, a little I, shocking what they've had to deal with up front on their offensive line, and they still just. Plug in, and you hate to say it's cliche at this point, but they just go in and do their job. It's the next guy up. I mean, it's, it's every coach speak and NFL analyst speak you can think of, but it literally was that this Sunday. Right. And the big thing, too, is they brought back Dante Scarnecchia, the offensive line coach. He wasn't there last year when the, the offensive line was an absolute mess, and the next guy up wasn't doing enough to get it done. Now, Skarnecki comes back. He It looks like that, you know, right now they're working with two backup tackles because both Sebastian Vollmer and Nate Solder, the two starting tackles, uh, Vollmer's on the IR for the season with shoulder issues, and Solder um, was out last week. Hopefully he'll be back soon. 
Um, but obviously, he's mixing and matching players. They love having the swing, the swing, t- the swing type players. The guy, the guy who can play guard and tackle, um, and it's just been it's been beautiful to see. But I- I'm walking away from this game mostly impressed by Jimmy Garoppolo. And I'm listen. I'm not going to be one of those idiots that that says that once Brady comes back, there's going to be a quarterback controversy because there isn't. If any, I mean, I went through this with the whole Matt Castle thing in 2008. And I was livid every any time anybody said that Tom Brady shouldn't be the starter, that they should trade Tom Brady. I don't feel that way now, but the question is, in New England, it's all over sports radio, what are you going to do next year or the year after? How much longer does Brady have? Is Garoppolo the future in New England, or is Brady going to ride out as a starting quarterback and end and, and his career in in New England? I won't personally, do any... Oh, good. I'm sorry. Well, I was going to say, personally, I would love to see the Jimmy Garoppolo continue to be successful throughout these four games, and then next season, next offseason, or this offseason, the Patriots ship him out for a first-round pick, let some other team have their new, or what they think is their franchise quarterback. Meanwhile, Tom Brady plays another two, three years, and then you have Jacoby Brissett, the rookie that they drafted in the third round, be uh, molded as the next guy to take over for Brady. That is the ideal um scenario in my mind and I'm, I'm curious to hear what you think chair well i was gonna say i don't know if tom brady has it in him to do the the peyton manning version of you know the, the exit he's not going right. to do it quietly and, and and uh wait for the perfect moment he's going to do it he's he's kind of like the Shawn michaels they will drag that body out there and, <laughs> and get enough enough tickets sold so he can he he'll still be out there slinging it he's going to make some big plays still but i think his legs are going to be what fails him. It's not going to be his arm. He's he's kind of a freak when it still comes to uh, arm strength at his age. He doesn't have those problems that Peyton Manning had. Obviously, he didn't have the neck surgery. But I think it's going to come down to his his, his foot speed. Um, and that's what he's obsessed with. And it's his, it's his foot speed. He's, he's an athletic freak. Coming from that 40 time and that 40 video we saw back in the 90s, it's hard to believe this is the same athlete, but he is. Well, he's still slow as but, shit, though. I mean, he's not comparatively. Yeah, what are you talking no, about? No, compared, compared You're talking to, about if, he, if he's going to be what, the next Michael Vick? No, or no, 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 his footwork no, or, no, or no. His, his foot. It sounds like you're saying speed, not footwork. His 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 footwork ties into his foot speed. If his foot, if his feet aren't firing the way he's supposed to, and the way that they get these quick get time, gout? Yeah, <laughs> you might get a little gangrene. You never know. Um, sure, I, th- I think I see what you're trying to say. Listen, he's he's not a fast player, no. but he relies on he relies on his footwork and and moving his feet somewhat fast to step in and out of the pocket and step right. away from pressure. So what you're saying is is those split second decisions that he was able to make where his feet were able to move fast enough to get out of the way. Once those start to fail him, that's he's, when you're going to see you're, Tom Brady. You're, you're taking the words out of your mouth. When okay. his brain no, he's is putting going in your mouth. Hey, what put, you were yeah. no. was not what he just said. <laughs> what I'm saying is when his brain is is operating is still at the same speed, but his body is not. That's when it's time to walk away. Okay, that that's that's not what you're saying, but we'll we'll go with. It. <laughs> I just think Tom Foot Brady speed. is legendary. He's um he's the premier stick man. Shout out to Michael Rappaport. He's the premier <laughs> stick man in the NFL. I just don't see. I see Garoppolo or Galapagos Islands. I don't know. He's going to end up traded for somewhere. God, I hope the Browns don't trade for him. This is a this is Scott Mitchell, Ryan Mallett. This couldn't work out better for the Pats though because. You're going to be able to maximize value. They see this practice every day. If they hang on to him, that'll tell you something. If they let him go, that tells me something. So I'd be really reluctant to pick up the phone if I saw Bill Belichick calling and I don't have a quarterback on my team. And just knowing what he's going to maybe ask for and what he knows versus what I don't know. Well, also, but I think also, too, that Belichick does not want to lose Jimmy Garoppolo for nothing. I mean that. Let's just be honest here. And when he got drafted, I mean, he won't in, get to a walk here. He will not get. I mean, they didn't let Ryan Mallett get to a walk. Here. Right, 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 right. And and next year he will be a free agent in 2018. So um, obviously this is the 2016 season. Next year will be the last year of his rookie deal. And because he was a second round pick, there's no option on his contract for the Patriots to pick up. So in 2018, that's his walk year. So I really think that. If Garoppolo continues to be successful this year and shows that he's a, a capable NFL quarterback, that a team will give up a first-round pick in order to get a solid NFL quarterback, a, a team that needs a, maybe, I mean, obviously not the uh, the Vikings because they already gave up their 2017 pick. Would, for you, 
well, do you think the Vikings are kicking themselves a little bit for being over-anxious or what? They could have waited four weeks, kind of held the fort with Sean Hill, maybe go two and two or something along those lines, and then they trade their first for someone that's got a little bit more of a future versus right. Sam Bradford, who right. is, is, should be on Jeff Fisher's team all the time because he's a <laughs> seven and nine quarterback. <laughs> yeah, and I, I agree. I, I definitely agree. I'm just curious. I'm, I'm just trying to think through my head right now who, who might be a decent option uh to trade him to but you know it's so early in the season right now you never know and if maybe if Dak Prescott doesn't play well and the Cowboys realize that they need a future quarterback that they they could be a team that would be interested in bringing on Jimmy Garoppolo but to be honest you know I'm just worried about the next three games with Garoppolo I'm I'm super excited about how he played against Arizona but I know that he still is a very young player and these next three games against you know, lesser teams, if he can come out and, and, and do a little bit better than 24 for 33 for 264 yards and a touchdown, then we'll know that we have something here with him. And if he if he struggles, if he has a similar stat line, but still limits his turnovers, I just really think that he could be a solid quarterback in the NFL. I, so, t- I, have a, I have a little bit different opinion about him. I think he's just another guy that's going to be added to the list of famous people that backed up Tom Brady when it's all said and done. You know, maybe he plays these four games and, and comes out three and one and blows the world away. I don't see him getting traded for a first round pick. I think people have done that and seen what happened with, Sam, with um, uh, Matt Castle. I think he's going to be on the same list with Cliff Clingsbury and Rohan Davy, which was one of my favorite players to pick up in Madden 2004 <laughs> and run around like a crazy person. Yeah, the only difference, though, is that Cliff Klingsbury, Rohan Davey, all the backups for Tom Brady, other than Matt Castle, never had a chance to play because Brady's been an Ironman for every every season of his career except for Absolutely. 2008 when he tore his ACL. So the fact that you're getting an extended look at, at Jimmy Garoppolo and he's succeeding, mm-hmm. um, I think just shows you that he's going to have a lot more talent than all those other guys did before him because those guys were in and out of the NFL. And, you know, Ryan Mallett always had question marks surrounding him, so it wasn't a surprise that he failed in the NFL or, you know, he's a career backup, if anything. Um, But I I just think that, listen, Jimmy Garoppolo has come out and played against a very good defense and was successful and, and led the team to a victory. You know, I mean, he had a very similar stat line to what Tom Brady did early on in his career. I'm not saying he's the next Brady, but he could You're develop high. into he, he could develop into a solid quarterback. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pump the brakes. Listen, he's just on because the list, he's going to be on the list with Kevin O'Connell and Matt Gutierrez. Oh my God! Stop. I'm oh. going deep. I'm oh. going real deep on the list. Oh, oh. I don't think he's that bad. I just, I mean, you got to relax. He's going to be a Patriot next year, so. You shouldn't even be fawning over him right now. I know, but we're gonna. I'm gonna love his first round picky nets us, so that's fine. Now let's let's whatever. You guys are wrong. Just because just because our backup quarterbacks better than anything Cleveland's had since Bernie Kozard. Don't get mad at me. Really, don't get mad at me. Um, Let's move on to the picks. Would like a word with you. (laughs) Let's get let's let's move on to the week two win. Um, So obviously we are missing Mark tonight. He's too busy coaching JV golf or something like that, but that's fine. We can go on without him. We have his picks, so we'll we'll shout those out. Uh, last week, Mark brought up the rear. He went 8-8, eight eight, 500 for the week. I came in third. I went 9-7. and seven. Uh, I started off hot with my Denver pick, but I got pretty cold there in the 4 o'clock game. Tweeted about it. So did tweet tweeted about it. about it, bragging. I did. You I up? did. Exactly. In third. Uh, right, by, right in front of me was Jerry. Went 10-6, and six, and then uh, our, our esteemed colleague and business business partner sean 12 and 4 last week so nice job it's like you should go to vegas or something <laughs> even tomorrow <laughs> where are you story. staying mgm so nice. fans of the pod can track you down oh i'm gonna I'm be repping the gear don't get it twisted I'll, I'll shoot you guys a pic you can throw it on facebook boy out of boy all right so let's start off with the uh thursday night game Color rush, which is the stupidest thing the NFL does, but whatever, we'll go with it. Uh, Jets at Buffalo on Thursday night. Mark took the Jets. That's his team. Um, Sean, who do you like in this game? So the Browns jerseys, they have color rush, and they're not orange. Explain that. That doesn't make any (laughs) damn sense. Turds running around the field. No, 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 no. They're white. They're just white. We've worn white for decades and decades. And the other, my other hot take, get back to the old school jerseys. I'm tired of these, the Browns logo down the side. Just go back to, if we're going to play like it's 1970, why not 
why don't we dress like it too? So go back to the 60s and 70s uniform. Hell, throw this leather helmet on some of these idiots. <laughs> I'm going so with that Jack. being said. All That's all I Jack? got. Okay. Okay. Jer, who do you like? Well, as far as the color rush shit goes, there's like one or two teams that pull it off that I actually – I think the Titans when they go off sky blue is pretty interesting. And I do like the Bills all red. And the old school Rams ones with the, with the yellow are decent. The I old, old school Rams. Yeah. All the, blue yeah. with the white ram for horn. The ram on those things are fire. Yeah, when they get the ram on the shoulder sleeve, I actually kind of like those. But this week with the Jets and, and Buffalo, if the Buffalo is in the all red, eh, that's it's pretty sweet. I do like the old school helmets that they're going to uh, kind of redesign and wear. But I'm, I'm going to take the Jets. Uh, Matt Forte's treating treated me well in week one, although it didn't get the victory. I think they're <laughs> going to continue that. He's still going to get the bulk of the carries, even he's what on the worst side of thirty. Uh, but he's, you know, one of us then. All I know is that I thought you were going that you were going to take the Bills because you like their jerseys and their helmet. And I was just <laughs> going to rip into you and say you sound like my wife picking your March Madness teams. Um, I'm going to go against the green here, boys. I'm going to take the home team of Buffalo. I'd have no faith in them winning whatsoever. Um, but there's something about home teams on Thursday night. And uh, I don't know, Sammy Watkins has got a bum foot. So this is probably a terrible pick by me, but I'm going to go with it. So I'm one taking the Bills. Let's keep an eye on Let's maybe or something. Let's check the Bills' bye week too, because if if they're struggling leading up to the bye, Rex could be the first one to go. I think Mike McCoy's on that list too, but Rex might might be the first one shit can't. Yeah, he could be. Um, let's see. Buffalo has a week week ten bye, so that's right in the right in the time frame of, of, of firing the shitty coach, right? Yeah, maybe three and six. I yeah. mean, two and seven. He's got to be gone. Right. He might not mind that. Then him and his brother can both leave quietly he, and go party did get with the, the lap, Bills yeah, he, Mafia. I'll tell he you got what, the though. Lap band taken off. Like, <laughs> imagine like what he could do. You know, one of those you know fifty cent hot wing nights. Yeah, he's like one of those guys who beat a vasectomy. He's like, you know, what? I don't want this anymore. <laughs> um, so they got the Cardinals week three, Patriots week four. Uh, let's see, Patriots week eight, Seahawks week nine. So that's pretty much four losses right there. Jay Crow with the vasectomy this week. Hang in there, bud. <laughs> Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. Well, hey, we're shotting out everybody. <laughs> You're already in Vegas mode, huh, Sean? Uh, I'm pretty close. <laughs> um, Cincinnati at Pittsburgh. I'm taking Pittsburgh. I love their offense. I mean, D'Angelo Williams and uh, Antonio Brown were absolutely unstoppable against the Redskins. I know it's the Redskins, but I don't see any way that Cincinnati shuts down these two weapons, especially in Pittsburgh. Jerry? I think Cincinnati used to be one of the most physical fronts in the AFC North, and I don't know if it's still the case. Geno Atkins is not the same player he used to be. Um, and we all saw Monday night how physical that uh, Pittsburgh Steelers front line is. Man, they ran counter a thousand times in a thousand different ways and just beat the shit out of those guys up front. I'm, I'm picking Pittsburgh, and then, you know, I don't know what you do. Load the box, and you still got Antonio Brown outside. So, And your boy Sammy Coates, the deep threat. I'll tell you what. Sammy Coates should have gotten an assist for a touchdown when the ball went right off his chest and landed in Eli Rogers' hands. Um, <laughs> Sammy Coates sucks. The guy is terrible. Oh, my you God. You loved him. Oh, oh, he's terrible. He was your dandy boy. He was. Sean, who do you got? Uh, I'm thinking revenge. I'm thinking short week. Even though it's a road, I think both these teams, they can win in each other's place, as Pittsburgh showed in the playoffs last year. I'm going Cincinnati. A little uh, zig to your guys' zag, but we'll see. Joey Porter might have something to say about that. (laughs) Your brother also took Cincinnati, so it's the brothers versus Luke and Jerry. We'll see who wins that battle. Uh, We have Tennessee at Detroit. Mark took Tennessee, so he thinks that Marcus Mariota and company is going to run all over uh, the, the Lions defense or throw all over the Lions defense that allowed four touchdowns to Andrew Luck on Sunday night or Sunday afternoon. Sean, who do you like in this game? I, I tell you, I watched a um, good portion of the back end of that game. Detroit, Matt Stafford really impressed me. Uh, might be something worth keeping an eye on. Detroit goes to 2-0. and I like their um, front four being able to get pressure on Mariota who's turnover-prone, as last week showed. And mm-hmm. um, I like the Lions at home. 
I'm going to back you there. Uh, I'm going to take lines on him. I like what Matt Stafford did. He showed some serious toughness and some serious fire. He's expecting more out of his players now that they can't rely on Calvin Johnson. They got to do oh, something. Oh, he's, he's screaming at him on the oh, last yeah. drive. Oh, yeah. Screaming at him. Yeah, and they're making go good plays. And then he's going up and he's kind of giving him the attaboy on the backside. It's just, I was really, really impressed with that. Yeah. Agreed. I'm going to say, though, um, so I got Detroit as well. Um, I think that while Stafford looked good, listen, indie defense sucks. Okay. Oh, they, Not only they, they, de- I'll grant you that. Dequel, Dequel Jackson's 33 and old, slow, and he's their probably their best defensive player right now considering that Vontae Davis is, is injured and probably going to miss week two. Um, I don't think it was so much that that Detroit looked great. It's just more that Indy's got awful on defense. So uh, I still think Detroit's going to win. They're playing at home. Uh, you know, Marvin Jones, Ian Golden Tate, and Eric Ebron all look like reliable targets. And then he got the old-timer, Anquan Bolden, as well. And if that running game can continue to be successful as receivers out of the backfield with Theo Riddick and Amir Abdullah, who is a bit of a dual threat, I mean, it is an exciting offense. I just think you have to get that who's the top dog in that offense, and that's still yet to be seen. Uh, I'm, I think they hope it's going to be Amir Abdullah, but I, I'm really not sure if if he's meant to be that. that uh, Riddick's a monster, right? I, I I think they like the the two back system. I, yeah, he's really good. He made a couple moves that I mean, number twenty for Detroit, uh, who's probably up in the rafters, would have been a little <laughs> bit, you know, envious of it at times. But uh, yeah. you can go two and zero and and not be good. And I think True. this next matchup will kind of with one of the teams will will be a further example of that. <laughs> So uh, that leads us to Baltimore-Cleveland. Uh, Mark's got Baltimore. I'm taking Baltimore after seeing Cleveland last week, though. I wouldn't be shocked if McCown just had one of those games where he just chucks it and somehow puts up 35 points. Um, but I'm going to go with Baltimore. Jerry, I'm assuming you're going to go with Baltimore here, too, but I'll let you explain. Just to be contrary, I'm going to go Cleveland. I think okay. uh, bumping into um, Josh McCown – at a restaurant in Crocker Park and seeing him face-to-face, we had a moment. And I looked at him <laughs> in the eye and I thought, this is the guy who I want you know, leading us to a Super Bowl. Jesus. Um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. He was ordering... And then you handed ordering, him a napkin to dry he his was hands. Ordering, he, he was ordering food for his children and I thought, this is not a man I want leading us to a Super Bowl. What'd he tip you? I wasn't working. <laughs> Did you spray cologne on him? <laughs> no, I gave him a piece of gum. <laughs> he caught me. I was ringing a bell next to a red kettle. Uh, it was the holiday season. Uh, Sean, I know where this is going, but I'll, I'll let you go. Oh, it's Baltimore. <laughs> I, I, I do tend to agree. I think I think McCown actually will move the football. Um, the one saving grace is I don't know the Baltimore is that good. Um, that said. Man, they better come with some pride because that, that stadium is going to get ugly if it gets yeah. the way that it did against the Eagles in the first half. Um, <laughs> I got I got the Ravens. I hope I'm wrong. I highly doubt that I'm wrong. Um, but, you know, that's why they play the game. Exactly, exactly. Next game, Dallas at Washington and NFC East battle. I chose Washington to win um, Monday night. I was way off. They got smoked. Kirk Cousins looked like shit. But then again, Dak Prescott wasn't all that impressive. I will say he looked like an NFL quarterback. He has the body for it. He has the speed. He has the talent. I just think it's going to take a little bit of time for the game to slow down for him. I don't think we're really going to see Dak Prescott hit his stride until probably week four, week five. So with that being said, I'm going to go with Washington. Uh, Mark also took Washington. And Sean, who do you like in this one? I'll go Washington. There are a lot of guys that look like they can play. The more tape gets out on Dak, I think – the more challenging it's going to be for him. So I think what you saw a little bit was Cousins maybe not pushing the ball down the field. The other thing is Steelers you know, have a fast defense, and the one thing they can do against the kind of shorter dink-dunk offenses, um, the more West Coast style, they can really get a t- uh, aggressive with those. Pittsburgh probably has more of a problem against the New Englands, the Baltimores, um, you know those offenses that have a tendency to kind of stretch the field a little bit. That's why they have so much trouble with AJ Green. Right. Um, so I, I'm going to go Washington just to, in a rebound situation. The other thing is if they go on two, having lost two home games, that's a real, real tough season for them uh, yeah. headed down their way. So I, I think it's a pride thing. Um, I'll be on a short week. I'll take Washington. Jerry, 
I'd like to take Dallas here, but I'm is there is the injury bug plugging the Dallas uh, offensive line here? Who got someone got dinged up in the in the game and had to actually leave? Tyron Smith got a concussion. He was being checked for a concussion, but he came out. He came back in the game. He did finish it. Okay, I yeah. thought it was. I had heard it was a neck injury, and then he was not coming. So if, if he was just in concussion protocol and he's fine, then then. It's hard to go. I, I think what you said, Sean, was right. Washington can't lose back-to-back home games to open the season. I think they're going to get it fixed. So this uh, quick turnaround. So I'm going to take Washington. All right, Jer. Another uh, NFC East team. New Orleans is at the Giants. Who do you like in that game? This is two teams that can't play defense, right? So <laughs> That's right. What's our final? 56-54? That'd be uh, over. I'm pretty sure that uh, was it last year. Both Eli and Drew Brees had like six touchdown games against each other. Yeah, I think they. Could, I, think they uh, I thought that was Tampa. It might be have wrong. been Tampa. You're right. Yeah, I'm not sure. I have to, I'll look into that real quick. Either but, way, uh, their defenses suck. Both do. <laughs> both both really do. Perhaps, and I think New Orleans even uh, worse than the Giants. So I'm going to go Giants here. Sean. This is a tricky game because I think Giants could be up a little bit. I'm going to take the Giants, but I would not at all be surprised if New Orleans goes in there and wins. Okay. So last year, uh, Drew Brees had seven touchdowns against the Giants in week eight. Um, And let's check out what Eli Manning's numbers looked like. I'm pretty sure he had like five or six touchdowns in the same game uh, because I just remember just like crazy records being broken during that game. Um, let's see here. So Eli had six touchdowns. <laughs> so 13 touchdowns between the two quarterbacks. Not a lot of defense. I'm going to go with New Orleans. Or I'm sorry, I'm going to go with the Giants in this game. Um, I'm actually playing both Odell Beckham and Eli Manning in any single um, fan duel scenario where I can. Uh, Sean, I might be rolling with Rashad Jennings against you this week. I still haven't decided yet between him and Spencer Ware. Uh, I just think that, listen, it's going to be a high-scoring game. Guys are going to score a lot of points. If you have a Giant or you have a Saint on your team, you know, Willie Sneed, Brandon Cooks, I highly suggest that you start them. Um, so, with What about C.J. Spiller? Uh, cut. Not currently on so a team. So don't, don't try to start him. No, no. I mean, you should. Nick Vern would. Nick Vern loving him from C.J. Spiller. <laughs> I Can we talk about that real that. quick? How, how does a guy fall from – I understand that C.J. Spiller was never like you know Barry Sanders in his prime, but he had a couple of really good years. And he was you loved him when he went there. You took him ahead of when I was trying to take him. No, I loved him um, uh, the year that the offensive coordinator in Buffalo said they're going to give him the ball until he threw up, and then they didn't give him the ball ever, and he got hurt. Somebody loved him the first year he went to New Orleans, like hardcore. Yeah, young Daniel. Young Daniel. Oh. He took him as his, like, his third running back in the fourth round when he can only start two running backs in our league. <laughs> <laughs> but to your point, I mean, for a guy with, with you know, speed and quickness, maybe he just doesn't have it anymore. But right. for him to be on the unemployment line is very surprising. When Lower- they're, still, they're basically his doppelganger is Reggie Bush. Yeah. And that guy's... Can get, he's still getting picked up places. I just think lower body injuries might have sapped him of some of his talent. Kind of like what happened with Hakeem Nix, how just he kept on getting hurt, kept on having ankle, calf, hamstring injuries. Maybe it's just gotten to the point where C.J. Spiller simply can't, um, just can't perform like he used to. I'll tell you what, Belichick loved him when he was a free agent, but he didn't want to pay him the money. I keep an eye out for Bill Belichick possibly trying to bring in C.J. Spiller to be the third down back in New England, or maybe you even the. You already have a third back, third down back, and you got another one. Why don't you guys get a like a one and first and second down running back instead of that slop? <laughs> hey, Garrett Blunt looked pretty good. Uh, uh, some so, like every other run, he looked really good. Uh, oh, you know, every other run. Every other run, yes. It, I mean, he he's not very good. I'm, I agree with you. Um, I would love to see them get an early down back, but for some reason they love to go away from that guy and they prefer to have a talented third down back. But I see what you're saying. They got James White. They got, uh, you know, obviously Dion Lewis, who's on the pup right now, and young guy DJ Foster they really like. But I would not be surprised if Bill Belichick at least took a look at C.J. Spiller. Uh, San Francisco at Carolina. So San Francisco, part of the worst Monday night football game in probably the history of America. They came out on top, uh, 28-0 against the Rams. But this week they got Carolina. Probably won't be as lucky. Jerry, who do you got in this game? It's Panthers. Panthers all the way. Yeah. Sean? Panthers. This is a waste of time. Uh, Short week. This is a punt game for the Niners. Mark's got the Panthers as well. Uh, I'm going to roll them too. It's at home. 
It's gonna it's gonna get ugly. Blaine Gabbert sucks. Um, Carlos Hyde looked decent. I don't think Blaine Gabbert's that bad, actually. I, I, well, like, I'll tell you what. Take, I, like they don't have any receivers, but he's not terrible. Like he he's not Cleveland Browns bad. Well, yeah. That's, now, if you throw a Browns jersey on him, then he'd go to another <laughs> level of turddom. Well, how about Steve Young saying it was so funny? He's talking before the game, or maybe it was during the game, and he's mid sentence, and he says that Blaine Gabbard is one of the most elite. And then he can kind of train <laughs> part Chefs in and America. He, <laughs> and then elite. he goes, he goes, elite athletes in the NFL today, typists, and backyard I'm grill at, guy. <laughs> I was just like, I'm just thinking to myself, like one of the most elite at Blaine Gabbard is. Yeah. He's no, I'll say this. He's no Rue Phillips on the egg or the smoker. I'll tell you that. <laughs> a lot of Rue Phillips love tonight. I, I, I love Big it. Time. Keep it up. Keep he must it up. really impressed. And the he one fed thing, me. I can't complain. The one thing I noticed most about the 49ers offense, and I re- actually read an article about it by Matt Hinton, who writes for smartfootball.com, is – Hey, hey, hey. They're not paying. Name drop. Well, I, I this, guy, this guy is legit. The – 49ers are not running the Chip Kelly offense that they ran back in the Eagles. They're, they're not holding extra guys with their quarterback runs. They're not doing anything. And so they have no mathematical advantage against the box. They have no mathematical advantage, you know, throwing the bubbles and stuff. And it's kind of embarrassing because that means they're just playing with 10 guys. The quarterback's not doing anything extra. So if they think that he's some sort of athlete back there at quarterback, I don't see it. Blaine Gabbard is not. Half the guy that they've had, um, when even when Nick Foles was running an offense for Chip Kelly in, in Philadelphia, First, I don't. We don't have to dig up combine. I'll do that next week though, if you want, because Blaine Gabbert was a legit combine athlete, like be- tested better than Cam Newton type testing. I'll put Cam Newton up against Blaine Gabbert in the combine. Gabbert ran a better forty, and I'm pretty sure he did the cone drills. I don't know that Cam actually did them, but Andrew Luck and Cam were like identical in combine testing. No, I gotta look this up. All right, I'm well, I can tell Blake, you right now. Blaine Blake Gabbert Mayock loved Blaine Gabbert. Blaine Gabbert, four point six two forty, six point eight four three cone, and then one hundred twenty inch broad jump. Cam Newton, four point five nine forty, so you. three three tenths of a second faster. But Blaine Gabbert was so Cam was six point nine two three cone drill. And uh, Blaine Gabbert, 6.84. So eight-tenths of a second for Blaine Gabbert in that one. And then, oddly enough, the, um, the broad jump was oh, – I'm sorry. I misread it. Broad jump, uh, Cam Newton, 126 to Blaine Gabbert's 120. So, so it's these close. Do you do a lot of three-cone drills on the field? Well, do they, I mean, <laughs> do they do the 40? Really? The, they run. <laughs> the, the overall the – overall Three-cone's grade. more important on, like, inside the pocket. So the overall grade here – Cam got an 8.19 to Blaine Gabbard's 8.49. And I think if it's obviously the higher, the better. So Blaine Gabbard was, ar- was arguably the, um, the, the better player coming or the better prospect. But obviously, no, Cam, no, 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 the no, better no. athlete, not Ath- the better sorry, prospect. I, yes. I, I won't, I, I, that's not the point that, or the hill that I'm standing on. I'm All right, well, saying, you know, I'm, I'm going to real Gabbard I'm gonna reel is this sneaky in. athletic. Right. I have not seen that once in a, in a professional uniform. Even when he was in Missouri, he was just an. What about in the shower? Did you see it there? I haven't seen that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to reel it in. I'm going to go. Okay. With King I'm going to put my let's foot get, down. Yeah, let's hose. get to your pats. Let's get to I'm you put my foot down and ogling over Jimmy Garoppolo. And Jimmy Garoppolo is going to go 2 0 as a starter. Uh, Jerry, Miami, New England. Who do you got? New England. Sean, you got New England. Mark's got New England. Moving on. And you think Miami's D line could be a little bit of a challenge for, for Jimmy and uh, their offensive line? It, it could be, and I think that you're going to see a lot more dump offs to James White in this game because you're right. Obviously, uh, you know, Nadam Kong Su, however you say his first name, is going to be and Kong. Yes, is going to be all over Jimmy Garoppolo. He might step on him multiple times. Deion Jordan too, right? Yeah, no, he's yep. still suspended, isn't he? Uh, is he first he, four? He might be first. Uh, who knows? He sucks. <laughs> but Mario Williams Mario Williams uh, left last week's game with a concussion, so I'm not sure what his availability looks like uh, this upcoming game. Hopefully he's out, but uh, that could definitely be a challenge with bookends, uh, DNs if, if Deion Jordan's playing, then obviously with Sue as well. But if, if they can uh, you know, get – Pass that pass rush by dinking and dunking. They absolutely will. They'll put Jimmy in the the best possible 
best case scenario to succeed, obviously. Uh, KC at Houston. Sean, who you got? I like Houston. Um, are they, you know, Clowney uh, popped a little bit. They got Watt. And I, I think Macklin is in some type of concussion protocol testing. I think he probably will play. But KC kind of got a little lucky last weekend. And I, I think Houston's another one of those 2-0 and o where we're not sure if they're good teams. Mm-hmm. Jerry? I think KC's defense was very disappointing last week from a fantasy standpoint. I mean, they ended up with only like two. They're one of the highest rated yeah. ones on uh, FanDuel I saw for a daily draft. Um, but I'm going to go with Houston here. I think offensively they're explosive. And um, I think we're going to see it again. But like Sean said, they could be a really mediocre 2-0. and o, um, yeah. And we're not sure yet. Um, we really saw San Diego was in control of that game last week until Keenan Allen went out with a torn ACL. So that does say a lot about the Chiefs and where they're at as a defense because, I mean, Justin Houston's out, so that's a huge part of their, their defense that they're, they're missing out for the next few weeks. Um, but Houston looked much better than I thought they would. Will Fuller had a long touchdown. DeAndre Hopkins had a touchdown. We called Lamar Miller our point pounder of the week because he was a true workhorse. I just think that offense, I thought they were going to take a little bit longer to gel, but they looked really good last week. I think they're going to win this game. Um, you know, Spencer Ware for the Chiefs is probably going to be the starter again, and he absolutely dominated last week. And I wouldn't be surprised if he had a big game too, but I just don't think it's going to be enough to beat Houston. Um, so I'm going Houston as well. So the three of us have Houston, and Mark is the only one to have Kansas City. So we'll see how that plays out, but I think that uh, Houston will will go 2-0. Moving on to Seattle at the Rams. Sean, who do you like here? Let me guess. I'm going to go Seattle. The Wilson injury scares me a little bit, but God, from everything I saw and some of the the things I've read – the Rams look like a nightmare. They might be in one of those, you know, tricky Vegas spots where a money line makes some sense, but um, you know, a lot, a lot of stinkiness coming from uh, from Los <laughs> Angeles um, here the past couple of days after that performance. Yeah, Jerry, I'm back in Seattle. It might be closer than you think. They'll be in at home. Los Angeles might be a tricky place to play for them. First, you know, it's the first real game they've had this year. Yeah. Um- I will say this, Russell Wilson's injury is concerning considering that the Rams off- defensive line can get after the quarterback, but I think that it's, it's not going to be enough for the you know for Seattle to really worry about it too much. Uh, the Rams just, their case Keenum's terrible. So I'm, I'm sticking with Seattle. Mark's got Seattle as well. Uh, moving on to Tampa Bay at Arizona, Jameis Winston had an amazing opening game. Four touchdowns. Looks like he could be the next great fantasy football quarterback. Um, I think that Arizona is going to come from or you know step up in this game. Obviously, they're embarrassed last week and um, lost at home against the Patriots. I don't see them going zero two at home to start off the season. I like Arizona in this game. Uh, Sean, who do you like? Same reasoning, Arizona. Had they won, I think Tampa might have been you know a nice little sneaky um, possible uh, money line pick, but uh, I'm going Cardinals. <laughs> Jerry, I'm back in Cardinals. If this game was in Tampa Bay, I think I may have gone Bucks, but I don't like them in Arizona. Um, I, I think Arizona bounces back. Yeah, Jacksonville, San Diego. Um, this two very mediocre teams. Um, it might come down to the home team, but Sean, who do you like here? I'm going uh, Jacksonville. I think it, it, that they played a really good game against the Packers. So. For a team like that to be zero and two versus you know after this, I'm just going with them simply because I think San Diego kind of sucks too after Keenan losing Keenan Allen. Yeah, Jerry, this is the turd nugget game of the week for uh, old Jerry. I'm going to go Jacksonville though. I like uh, what they're showing, and it's a young team. They're going to probably need that big change from game one to game two is where you make most of your improvement. I'm going to go uh, with the Jags. And it's not going to be a home home field advantage for San Diego because they don't know if they're going to be there. So I think you have to keep a close eye on those. Yeah, um, I'm I'm back and forth on this one right now. I kind of want to say San Diego because they're the home team, and you got to think that they'll try to find a way to get Travis Benjamin more involved and uh, Antonio Gates as well, which I was very surprised that Antonio Gates didn't get more looks once Keenan Allen went down. Um, So – I'm going to say San Diego here. Do I feel conf- confident about it? 
Not at all. Um, I, I would not be surprised if Jacksonville won this, but I'm going to roll San Diego here uh, to kind of be a contrarian. But also, Mark did take San Diego, um, so we'll see how that game plays out. It'll be it'll be interesting. Um, all right, Atlanta at Oakland. So Oakland looked very good against New Orleans. You guys said they wouldn't be able to win on the road when I took them. Uh, they won based on uh, missed field goal by the New Orleans kicker. Some now, balls by Jack Del Rio too. Big balls, big balls. Couldn't even see his feet. Um, Atlanta's not good. I don't care. I'm going Oakland. Jerry, I like uh, I like Oakland here. Um, I think Atlanta is not as good as what people thought they were going into the season, and then they actually are worse. Um, I is Mohamed Sanu playing? Is he still questionable? Um, I need to know because I don't know if I'm starting him or not on Sunday. Help me out here. Yeah, I, well, I'm not sure either. There's not yeah, a lot. I'm of not going to help him. you out, but I'll take Oakland. <laughs> <laughs> Mark's got Oakland. Yeah, if who do you play? Do I even play you? No, I got Jonesy Red Riders. Uh-huh. I got you this week, Sean. So you better hope Amari Cooper doesn't go off like I think he will. So we we all got Oakland across the board. Yeah. Um, again, it's it, it's tough to say it, that Atlanta's going to win on the road because Matt Ryan has just regressed as a quarterback over the past couple of years and it's just it's just getting ugly uh india denver this will be an interesting game uh denver their offense looked pretty terrible other than cj anderson on opening night but they got the win in denver because of that great defense indy's pretty much the opposite they're great at offense they suck at defense so uh, i'm gonna go with denver here just the mile high air and cj anderson is gonna run for at least a thousand yards against the indy defense jerry i'm back in that denver and Sean, same for me. Um, I know Mark's in, in in that as well. Sadly, we don't get to hear Mark saying Indianapolis, Indianapolis, <laughs> Indianapolis three times. <laughs> All right, Green Bay at Minnesota. This is Sunday night football game. Uh, Mark has Green Bay. Sean, who do you like? I'm going to take the Packers, but very reluctantly. But uh, really, I'll, I'll take the Pack. I, Minnesota opening the stadium. I like their defense. Rodgers has struggled against their their defense at times, um, but I just you know assuming that uh, Nelson and Cobb are are like at least close to to healthy. Uh, I think Nelson's more so than Cobb. I like the Packers. Jerry, I think there's too many weapons. You know that defense in Minnesota is really good, but Green Bay has got too many offensive weapons. I'm going to take Green Bay. Yeah, I, I think Sam Brad. I mean, Green Bay defense is—they're not good, but they're good enough to shut down Sam Bradford or Sean Hill, whoever's going to play. Uh, obviously, this team goes by Adrian Peterson, so the Green Bay game plan is going to be shut down Adrian Peterson, just like Tennessee did last week. Even though Minnesota got the win, but that was thanks to their defense, not to their offense. I like Green Bay. We saw that offense in full Voltron last week. Jordy Nelson's back. Devontae Adams actually caught a ball. Eddie Lacy looked good. Jordy, um, Randall Cobb was a little bit disappointing, and he looks like he might have a lower body injury. Uh, but hopefully, he can kind of turn that around and, and turn back into that you know eight catches, eight catch a game player that we know he can be. Monday Night Football. This will be a nice turd sandwich to watch yet again on Monday Night. Philadelphia at Chicago. We might actually have some uh, differentiating opinions on the, differentiating opinions on this. Um, so I'd like to hear them, Jerry. Who do you think? I'm actually taking Philly here because I think the storyline of Philly being 2-0 and is something really unexpected out of the uh, NFC. Everyone thought they were going to be just an 0-2 start and, you know, Carson Wentz was going to suck. But, you know, going against the Browns is not a true test, and I don't think going against Chicago is a true test yet. So they could easily be 2-0 and going into week three. Sean? Yeah, I totally disagree. I, I picked Philly to win week one. They didn't really show me a ton. Um, I like Chicago, actually. I, I, I think Chicago's going to scheme up a little bit, confuse Wentz, first road game. And uh, I think Chicago's offense is better than, than it showed last week. Mark's got Philly. And, uh, Sean, I agree with you. I like Chicago in this game solely because they're at home. Soldier Field's not the easiest place to play, especially for a rookie quarterback on his first, you know, playing his first road start. Um, Philly's defense isn't great, and you're going to see a lot of Alshon Jeffrey, and even Jeremy Langford looked so so and so or so so last week. Um, so with that offense and and Carson Wentz maybe regressing a little bit this week because there's a lot more pressure on him, I like Chicago as well. Um, so that's all we got for for picks this week. Um, you know, 
obviously, we're all looking up at Sean. Hopefully, we can, I can catch up to him. Hopefully, I can beat him twice this week, not only in our fantasy matchup, but also the uh, the pick matchup as well. Um, gentlemen, you got anything else you want to say before we sign off? Thoughts and Working prayers. Oh, thoughts and prayers to you, Sean. You know, going to Vegas. Hopefully, we can get some picks to share to the the, the uh, listeners. They can see uh, your your shenanigans in the MGM pool and your beautiful uh, T-shirt. Well, here it is. I I just got to say, I'm getting old. I'm just a degenerate gambler at the tables. That people wonder how he got that point. <laughs> that that that's what I am. Are you the guy screaming much. at other people at the table for uh, no miscalculations? I'm I'm the high fiver. I, I don't get that meticulous. Only on the podcast do I get into correct mode. Um, okay, but yeah. So that we'll see how it goes, fellas. Um, obviously, I hope Grilly, you lose in both matchups, uh, both right, fantasy right. and uh, and pick them. And uh, obviously, we'll see what's up. Jerry, what do you got for us? You know, Browns is going to be zero uh, two. It's going to be a long season. Uh, I got to figure out a new hobby for Sundays because uh, there's a <laughs> leaves are coming. Leaves are going to be coming soon. It is Cleveland, Ohio, but it also could be you know ninety degrees next week. So who knows? Stay tuned. <laughs> How can they hit us up, Luke? Uh, find us on Twitter at Glory Podcast on Facebook, Never Ending Glory Podcast. Send us emails. You'll get a T-shirt if we read your question on air. Possibly you'll be in the runnings. Neg Podcast at gmail.com and um, SoundCloud, iTunes, check us out. And I'm going to close this note, um, close the show with a note. I just want to thoughts and prayers up to uh, Jay Crow's vasectomy and his penis. So good luck, buddy. Yes, yeah, stay strong. Prayers up. Hit the music. <laughs> <laughs> we need Mark sound effect. <laughs> <Yeehaw! laughs> there we go. Jackass. And-